Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Galit Sadiq, virtual CFO, and who is the financial sarkstress. Fierce, fearless, and financially free, helping you to gain more clarity, more confidence, and more courage with your money now by streamlining, adapting, and taking advantage of the opportunities in front of you. I love that. Hey, Galit, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Can you expand a bit more on on you know where you are with your business today and who do you love to work with? Yeah, so I have multiple avenues uh, to my business, right? I own a virtual CFO company and that is doing things like strategic planning, accounts payable, accounts receivable, bookkeeping, all of the stuff that business owners don't want to be doing in their business, right? It's anything that has to do with money in a business to make you more profitable and more successful. The other side to my business is I am a financial wellness coach and I am a really big proponent of financial literacy. So I focus on the wellness part of it. I want you to have a good relationship with your money. I always tell people, you don't want to treat your money like a booty call, You want it to be like a good, mutually beneficial relationship. So that is the second piece of my business. Um, I have owned my business since 2015. So it's been a while. Uh, And uh, I love working with small businesses. Um, My sweet spot is up to 20 million in revenue. Um, I love working with passion-based entrepreneurs. And then on the other side, in the coaching side, um, again, passion-based entrepreneurs are are favorite uh, genres. And also uh, people that are in the corporate world, but just feel like they're still going paycheck to paycheck and not able to rise beyond that. Love that. So you you nail a couple of different avenues there. So first of all, what most entrepreneurs, I guess, kind of hate, it's like accounts, all that stuff. It's like, no, can can someone else do it for me? Because that's not my zone of genius. So you're like my guardian angel comes in, does all these things for me. Super. I can focus on the things that we are good at, but I want to focus on, on the coaching side, on the mindset side, that this this is a game changer for an awful lot of people because rather than just doing the accounts that sort of come through, it's how can we, 
how can you help people to look at that flow of money? I love that you said it to like a booty call. It's like, yes. <laughs> how can you, how can you date? How can you attract it in? How can you really give it a use and tell it where it's going to go, what it's going to be used for? There are so many avenues to this, but as entrepreneurs, you know, especially just starting out, it can be so, so tough. And even get to a certain level, there's that level of, okay, now I'm stuck. I've hit some kind of limit, some kind of ceiling and income, the limiting beliefs and the, the controlling stories that we all have. So yeah. let's talk about some of those. What, what beliefs, what stories do you find time and time again that people seem to find that you have to help them to squash work through? Um, it's almost like autopilot for you now. Yeah, the biggest thing is this belief uh, that I'm not good with money. I hear people saying it all of the time. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at money. And I just explain to people that you are actually hardwired to do math. Anything that you look at, if you're a creative person, right? And you like symmetry, that's just math. And it's beauty is math, right? We're talking about different angles. If you like doing makeup, you understand angles and you understand ratios and you understand things on a different level. So stop telling yourself that you're not good at something because what you say is is your becomes your reality. Mm. So you have to really reframe those stories that have been told to you. I've had people come in and say, you know, my teacher, when I was growing up said, girls aren't good at math. They're better at reading. And that stuck with me. And I, and I just have to say that that's not true at all. And it doesn't have to be your truth. Yeah. We can teach it to you in a way that makes you feel comfortable. So you don't necessarily have to learn it the same way that other people said. Uh, the other big thing that I hear a lot is rich people are spoiled or money is the root of all evil. And I just have to say that it is not money that is the root of evil. It is what people do with their money mm. that can be evil. And so if you take that out of the equation and you make money your tool to do good, then you shouldn't have a fear of more money entering your life. Yeah, these things that you just mentioned there, they're all subconscious. They're all sneaky, sneaky things that maybe you don't even know about. Maybe we can't remember what the teacher, what the kids said to us back in the day. It's maybe not front of mind. Maybe we'll never get to that actual root. But I think stories, that's where things come in. When you're saying that, yeah, yeah but, or justifying with a, it's because of this, you're hitting storytelling mode. And when we're in the storytelling mode, our human brain is, it's incredible. It has to prove ourselves right. So, oh my gosh, it will find the examples of why we are right. Secondly, it's going to make us take actions to further prove to ourselves why that's right. So yeah. we love to be right, even when we don't know we're, that's what we're actually programmed to do. Um, yeah, I always tell my clients to be very careful what you tell yourself, right? Mm. Because your body, your subconscious brain cannot determine what is sarcasm or what is a lie, right? It believes what it is being told. And if you consistently tell it negative things, that is what you are going to believe. And that is what your life is going to consist of. But 
if you reframe those things and you start telling yourself the positive beliefs, then you can actually change your entire life and how things happen around you. Yeah. So step one, reframing, changing that perception, getting to, down to, to your truth. Beautiful. Second thing you mentioned there was the um, money, being a magnifier. I mean, yeah, the, the, the quote is butchered all the time. Money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money. No, it's the what you do with it. It's, it's actually, it's a magnifier of if you're a great person, having more money, oh my gosh, it's going to make you even greater. It gives you the ability to do even more. If you're a bad person, and primarily most people are good. That's, that's called a spade a spade. It really is. But yeah. it will magnify that aspect of you. So just like I think alcohol, it magnifies a certain trait, a certain aspect. So to look at ourselves as to, okay, what, what can we do with this? Rather than hit that level of if the business hits, you know, 500,000, a million, 20 million, 1 billion, what's it going to do for us? How am I going to use that? What impact am I going to have to have? Um, and we get to then think about what's, what's the new story going to be? What story do we want to tell? Now there's something cool. Yeah. And I think for my clients and the way that I teach, it all comes down to intention. What is your intention and how can you use the money that is in your life intentionally? Mm. Because we have resources, we have access to capital, we have access to all different kinds of resources. And I always say that my most, uh, my biggest resource is my resourcefulness, right? You've got all of these things, they exist, they are in the world. How can you use them to reach your goals? Yeah. Is, is it helping you? Is it hindering you? What, what can you use? I mean, you have time, energy, and money. Those are the three resources that you really do have in this world. Mm-hmm. What can you use? What can you leverage? What do you have to use? And then you can start to find out what, where's the best place. But yeah, being resourceful, finding what is out there. There's always a solution. There's always an opportunity. There's also a threat. And that's the thing we always focus on. Right? Yeah. So let's talk about intention. So your intention how did you get into this? What was it about this part of the business that you were like, yeah, this is my passion. This is what I want to be doing. Yeah. So for me, it started very young. Uh, I grew up in a domestic violence situation where one of the ways that my mother and my siblings and I were controlled was money. My mother was the prime primary breadwinner in the family, but she gave her check to my father and he took away from her the ability to control her own money and it kept her in a situation that was really toxic for Mm. way longer than she had to be in it Uh, and we ran away to a domestic violence shelter and I saw this same story repeated over and over and my first thought was that's never going to be me right? That was the initial was just like selfish. That's not going to be me. I'm going to make sure, you know, I go out and learn this on my own because it's not taught in school. And I did. I was like, I'm going to just figure it out. I watched all the Susie Orman. I read all of the books. I did all of the things to make sure that I didn't end up in that same position ever being controlled. 
and that I knew how to handle my money so that nobody could ever tell me that I didn't know how to. The second part of that became, okay, now I'm in this position that I do have the knowledge and I still know that other people are going through this and don't have this knowledge. How can I give them that knowledge? How can I promote financial literacy? How can I make sure that no one is ever stuck in a toxic situation because they don't know how to handle their money? And that could be a toxic work environment. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be a toxic friendship. You know, any of those things, money is a, is a way that people control you. Fear around money can be, you know, can be controlling. There are so many different aspects that I wanted to make sure that people felt empowered and that they knew how to make their own decisions and so that they didn't get taken advantage of. Mm. So with, with your journey, it's, it's so deeply rooted in, in who you are as a person. And just you went on a quest just to digest and get as much information and knowledge and advice as possible. It's fantastic. But knowledge isn't worth anything unless you apply it. So what lessons, what did you do with that knowledge that then gives you the actual, the experiential understanding, not just the logical, not just the emotional, but the experience of, oh shit, you know what, it, it does work. Or by doing this, I've actually seen this. It gives you your own story to tell. What were those like sort of nuggets like? Yeah. So one of the, there are a couple of things, but one of the first things that I saw major results from was the first thing that I tell people to do, which is pay yourself first. Everyone else, all of those bills are going to ask you to pay them. You never ask yourself to be paid. So pay yourself first. And for me, uh, when I have people do this, it is starting small. So that is, if you can make an automatic transfer of mm. anywhere between five and $20 a week, whatever feels comfortable, it could be even a dollar a week. I don't care. I just want you to start paying yourself something, an automatic transfer from your checking account to your savings account. And then I did this. I waited two months, saw that I didn't feel lacking in my checking account, and I added a second automatic transfer. And I kept doing this. At the end of the year, I realized I was saving almost $1,000 per month because I was just learning to gradually live on less and become more intentional with the money that I did have in my checking mm. account. Now that's, that's a fantastic tip. I mean, so many um, people out there, so there's so much advice as to, you know, put your 10% across, have your different accounts with your business. Um, personally, move some away. There's always got to be a certain percentage that goes through to your, your, your splurge account and your savings accounts. Um, but there is, a, there is a nuance to it because logically, oh shit, we, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we can, we have a set special superpower to get in our own goddamn way. So with that said, that logically, yeah, move the money over to the savings accounts. Logically, I get it. But if you're at a point where you're still in that sort of that safety mode, the survival, you're sort of living month to month, or at least feel like you are to move that money across 
versus keeping your accounts and have that mindset of, but it would have been sort of spent anyway. So what's the point moving it across? Because it's either needed. So what would you say to anyone who logically gets to move it across, but it's not actually going to help the situation? What does it actually do? What it actually does is create a flow of energy, right? Money is energy and it flows. So if you open up room in that checking account, more money will come in. But if you're holding it tight and you're holding onto it tight, you are not leaving room for other income to come in. You are just holding on to what you have and you're not letting it build. And by doing it slowly, it makes it so that it doesn't hurt, right? And if you have to dip into that savings account, that's fine. That's what that money is there for. It's for times like that when you need it. So don't feel bad about, oh, this month it was a little rough and I had to dip into it. That's what you created that buffer for yourself for. So there's no guilt around it, right? And the other thing that I do is sometimes I will name. So I have names for all of my uh, savings accounts and they're named with my goals. So that way I know that that money is earmarked specifically for that goal or it's my emergency fund or it's, you know, when I was looking to remodel my kitchen, it was my kitchen fund, whatever it is, when I use that money, it doesn't hurt because it was, I gave it a job and it fulfilled mm. its purpose for me. Mm. That I think is beautiful. Um, yeah, nature abhors a vacuum. It can't, it must fill things up. Look at your calendar. Second you empty it, things will come in. It's amazing how things do just appear. So when we hold on too tightly, when we hold on to really grasping on, there's no flow. There's no energy. So put it into perspective of energy. I think that's a, that's a huge sort of reframe of, okay, it is just energy. It is flow. How can you create the space for it to give it a purpose, give it a place, um, else logic can just overcome anything. So beautifully put, I love that. Thank you. So you've got to this point now where, oh yeah, you've, you've got your, you know, your number of businesses, you, you touch things in a number of different ways. You obviously have made huge success in helping other people to take your knowledge and your applied wisdom and put it to themselves. So with you behind the business now, with everything that you know, everything that you've seen, what is it that you, that, what is the next level that you're, that you're reaching? What is like, hey, you've done these. What's, what's next? What is the goal for you as you continue to grow? Yeah, the goal is um, to be able to get this information out to a wider and wider audience and to spread this mes message nationwide, worldwide, mm. to make financial literacy something that's on the forefront, um, and to allow myself to get a little bit more, uh, more family time and more freedom, right? I, I've been gearing towards this, so I'm, I'm already in this phase where I have the business set up, I have the employees, they're doing their job, I'm doing mine, and I'm opening up space so that I can also have a, a very healthy home life. Mm. 
that's isn't that the dream for what we all want we do say we want it's freedom it's an overused word but yeah we we do want the freedom financial time we want the ability to take back control of the areas that we huh, that, that we can control and also we want control of things we can't control oh my gosh <laughs> that's that's the curse of the entrepreneur but as you as you've kind of found this part of, of your business you found these kind of areas and you've moved what is it for you that's um, maybe was a struggle for you as you grew because being so passionate about this, it can be like a quest to, I really want to help people. And it's so easy to overcommit, try and do too much, let that passion take control. And we kind of forget ourselves or the real goal in a process. So what, what was it like for you as you obviously have been through that? Yeah, I worked until midnight or two o'clock in the morning every single night. I was, I got burnt out. I got really just, I put everything into it, especially at the beginning. Um, I just threw myself in it wholeheartedly and I just gave too much. And um, it put my health in jeopardy. And I had to, when, when my doctor told me, like my doctor literally told me, because I was sitting in front of the computer all day, every day. And he said, if you don't stop and take care of yourself, you are going to die young. And that was like a huge wake up call for me. Yeah. And after that, I, you know, started ending work around like 7.30 PM, not going into those early morning hours, shutting out from it and taking care of my health, working out, making sure that I saw daylight. <laughs> went out for walks um, and really just taking care of my health and yeah. also taking care of my home life and actually allowing myself to have one. Mm. With, with that, Jeremy, logically, we all know all the right things to do. We know what we should be doing. We also, it's so hard, whether it's a financial scarcity, whether it's passion to do it, whether it's, I actually love what I'm doing, but there is a, at what? cost so even though you were told hey you know what you need to do this it's now becoming urgent what was what was the hardest thing for you to either let go of or change even with all this knowledge yeah uh the hardest thing is still the hardest thing uh it's letting go of checking my email and my phone yeah that is like the last thing that because everything is so you know easily accessible now and I can work from my phone and I can work from my computer and people, you know, my email comes everywhere and mm. I have my cell phone number, <laughs> you know? So sometimes that is the hardest thing. And I'm actually currently working on that. A, yeah. a digital detox each night is, is one of my goals. Fantastic. But you're up against years upon years of of, of of programming of of ways of working of habits you've got the oh the physical the, the dopamine the, the 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 sort of the need the the desire to do this there's an awful lot of things that kind of sort of go into it which makes it even harder than it should be but you've built your business on the let's talk about this bit building your business on the foundation of being helpful being on the foundation of helping other people and having that desire so that's where the foundation was built. As you go to your next level, as you start to pull yourself away and you have an amazing team 
doing some great jobs for you. The foundations need to change, right? Because you need to evolve your identity as, as the CEO, as the new identity, the new role, the new tasks that you want to be doing. So talk to me about that new identity that you're maybe coming into now that may be a little bit scary, uh, might, might be exciting, or it might be, I have no fucking idea how to do this, but I know it's the next step. Yeah. Uh, so the next step for me is really opening up a little bit more on my philanthropic arm of the business, uh, which it's a little scary because I don't need slash want money for it, right? I want this to be something that I do out of the goodness of my heart with no ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. And so it's been kind of a interesting challenge going into this as someone who, you know, thinks about profit. <laughs> so it, it's been kind of a, a little bit of a mind shift where I know now that my basic needs are being met. I'm stable. I'm free. I'm secure. Mm. Uh, but now how do I show up every day in this second capacity? And it has evolved into um, a lot of giving of myself uh, in a ways that I don't expect to be paid for. So that could be donating. I have a photo booth and I donate it to different nonprofits for their events and I'll go and, and help them work it and, you know, take pictures of the people that come through. Um, I have a purely philanthropic podcast where I get to talk about everything that matters to me. Uh, and also I, I now do more free courses and, and I, I have had for about five years now where I do something called money Monday live. And every Monday I show up on my Facebook page, my YouTube channel, all of the places and give out, I have a topic for the week and I talk and I give out as much information as I can. Uh, and answer questions, and and uh, I'm just there to keep showing up and to get keep reminding you that financial literacy is important. And mm -hmm. and I understand that it's such a triggering subject for people that if you don't keep showing up, it's so easy for them to tune it out or get lost or or not want to hear it. And so it's really uh, I've shifted to focusing on things like that so that I can make the biggest impact that I can. What aspect of that do you do you enjoy the most that, that lights you up? And what aspect of that is, is actually tough? You know what you should be doing. You know this could be the right way for you, but something doesn't feel quite, quite right to you. What, what are they? Yeah, so I love... I love speaking, right? And I love being able to share my knowledge. I've always felt that knowledge shouldn't be something that's held on to. It should be something that is freely shared. And I, I don't have a fear that if I share knowledge that I won't be needed. And so it's really, I, I love being able to speak and be out there. At the same time, it's hard to turn it off. Right. Because sometimes you just need to like pull back in and rest. And some days you don't feel so great. Um, 
And sometimes you just need to set a limit on it. Mm. So that has been kind of difficult because I know that I love it. Yeah. You just answered my next question. It was like, do you find that this, you, it's hard to switch off because you, you do love it. It's, you're actually switching off something that you enjoy, which actually logically doesn't quite make sense. Like I can go forever because this is amazing. Yeah. I'm fucking knackered. What up with that? Yeah. And I'm reminded time again, <laughs> time and time again, like I listen to my body now. And when my body says no, I, I put up my boundary. Yeah. What is, what is the, because that is, that's, that's a skill to notice and listen to these, listen to the whispers before they become screams. That's one of the things that we coach our clients to, to look for. It can be tough, but once you find it, oh my gosh, it can be amazing. What is it for you? What are the whispers that you're like, hold up, I'm pushing it again. But what is it for you? Yeah, uh, fatigue is a huge one, right? And just feeling like I can't possibly talk to another person. Uh, this happens to me a lot with conventions uh-huh. um, because I'm part of a, a couple of nonprofits and we go to, I go to conventions pretty regularly to talk about all the missions, right? And you are talking to thousands of people over a two to three day time period and you're always on. So I, I had to learn those signs of like, hey, is my head hurting? Do I feel dehydrated? Do I feel mm-hmm. tired? Those are those are my big signs. And then um, I also uh, had COVID right at the beginning, and it gave me a heart condition, which that is like a very clear sign for me. When I feel like my heart is not okay, mm-hmm. I immediately need to take a step back, see what I'm doing, and how I can change it so that it doesn't become a bigger issue yeah um wow that blessing and a curse it's a beautiful thing to have but also it's like it's kind of that's shit it's yeah tough. but so for you your triggers are physical it's the physical feelings that is the easiest thing i mean for other people it's the thoughts the negative thoughts start creeping in for other people it's maybe the stories start coming in more storytelling or snapping at other people, or things not working around you. There's always different things, mental, physical, environmental. So for you, it's physical. Those are the signs. That's the thing that you are listening for the most. Beautiful. Yeah, I have had to really listen to my body and monitor. Like, I, I, it's very much physical for me. I literally wear an aura ring every day and monitor my sleep, yeah, I monitor my heart rate, my sleep, you know, my activity levels. Keep note for me, it's very important to stay hydrated. So I keep note of all of those things. And mm-hmm. I know that the second one of them is off, I'm not going to be fully functional. And so, so I need, yeah. What you're saying there is it's, it's beautiful, sort of the way this sort of fits in. What you teach your clients, it's the simple things, it's a simple, um, the hacks or actions that you can take, just moving some money across, just changing this, just tweaking this. It's so simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. It sounds like with yourself, it's those simple things, making sure you get that sunlight, you do drink water, all these things like whatever, just let's plow through. So what you teach and what you need 
are the same things. I love the way these things come into play. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very much so. I, I know that big goals are reached with little steps. Mm. And so I make sure that the little steps are being done every day. And as a business owner, you need to make sure that you actually make it to do those steps. So without this physical body, you ain't doing it. So that's the number one priority. Hey, love that. Galit, thank you so much for sharing not only your business and what you do, um, but behind the scenes of what it's like as you grow, as you scale your business to helping you know, thousands upon thousands of other people. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Sure. So on social media, I am financial underscore sharktress. Uh, my website is financialsharktress.com. You can email me. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, and if you'd like to see my philanthropic podcast, that is Galit Speaks. And that is also on YouTube and um, on all of the different podcast outlets. Fantastic. Well, everyone, go check that out. But Galit, thank you so much for, for being here today. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Same. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed that's how people find us it is and we want all their earballs <laughs> all the earballs all over the place we do nice yeah so please do all those things we'll be ever so grateful and then more people hear your beautiful voice or yours oh yeah <laughs> see you next time bye <laughs>